I feel really lucky to be sitting at a wonderful apartment in a very cool part of town in San Francisco. I'm looking out the window and I can see the view. I'm on a hill and I'm sitting with Vinny. And Vinny uh, served with us also in Kenya. Yes. Correct? Tell me, Vinny, about your experience in Kenya. When did you go? Um, I went in 2004 uh -huh. and served till 2006, so two years. Two years. And what were you doing in Kenya? I was a management advisor for a network of youth polytechnics. So we were um, in rural Kitui in eastern province and I was acting as a capacity builder with three um, very rural youth training institutions. Okay. Matinyani, Ethiani and Kathivo Youth Polytechnics and I was their first volunteer. Wow, and what, when you say Eastern Province, what's the biggest town near the town you work? Machakos. Machakos, okay, so I know where that is. Three and a half hours from Nairobi. And how did you get to that placement? Did you, did you go on Matatus, or how did you do it? To get there from the city, definitely a Matatu, but, in, but I covered a 50-mile radius. 50? Five-zero, and so I had a motorcycle. Oh, and did you have a helmet? I did. <laughs> Do they call VSO policy? VSO policy. <laughs> did they call those motorcycles border borders there? Or they, is no, that border borders are the cycle rickshaws. Okay. So the the motorcycles are called picky picky. Picky pickies. Okay. And did you learn Swahili? I did. Okay. My Swahili uh, has has left me because I haven't really kept up with it since I've been back. But I love the language love it mm -hmm. and loved learning it love being able to speak it with the elders that i worked with and um yeah also learned some kikamba which is the local dialect there okay now is is the tribe that you were working with are they the tribe that remove teeth no that's kamba no the kamba don't remove teeth okay what do they look like kamba are both in um, popular kenyan lore yeah Kamba make the best lovers. Ooh. <laughs> Luckily for me, I was partnered and didn't get to find out. But I've heard that the Kamba have a reputation for being very good looking. They And they are. Um, uh -huh. They're um, a gentle people. They're very um, loyal and loving. Um, they're the ones that... Um, are after the Kikuyu, the second largest population okay. mm -hmm. in Kenya, uh, and are pretty mainstreamed into all parts of life. Politics, everything. They're, they're certainly marginal because of the last two presidents, Kikuyus and Kalenjins are more in power. Yes. Um, or at least were at the time. Kambas have always been sort of the second stepchild, the second majority stepchild in a way. Okay. Um, but within... Eastern province, definitely they have political power as well. So when you were there, uh, was that during, was there post-election violence whilst you were there? No, it was you, before. It was before. That was a stressful time for our volunteers, I remember yeah, yeah. them talking about that. Yeah, and even for our partners, because uh, I kept in touch with my partners for sure. Yes, but during that time. Yeah, but still. You still and, do. And it was a very difficult time. But what was worst, worst about it was not only the, the violence then, but the aftermath. You know, it's like the perfect storm. All of that election violence combined with this huge economic crisis. So people's lives have been 
I think irreversibly impacted yeah for the worse and that's really kind of awful to see so Vinny your um, what did you study here in is this where you studied in California where did you study 15 years ago I studied in California when yeah. I got my undergraduate and that was in astrophysics in astrophysics baby <laughs> And ten years ago, I went to graduate school, and that was in public policy. Okay, and was that here in San Francisco no, too? No, that was in Texas. And which university? University of Texas. University. In and then you came back and came to, to live in San Francisco. Yes, mm -hmm. we lived in Austin before we left, and then after our time in Kenya, which was incredible for me, I had the best job in the world. We came back to the Bay Area. Yeah. And what are you doing now? Um, I work as a program officer for a socially progressive grant maker called International Development Exchange. We fund grassroots organizations in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. And my job is to identify grassroots partners and fund them. Ah, so your experience in Kenya some, somehow paid off, did Not it? Not somehow, directly paid off. Directly paid yeah, off. Yeah, I wouldn't be in my role if I hadn't been a volunteer. Because increasingly, even foundations and grant makers, they're not looking for people with a good theoretical base only mm. in international development, but the practical field experience. Especially in social change philanthropy, it's really important that you have a grounding in understanding what partners go through to apply for and get resources and you know, things like that. And now, the inter other interesting thing about you, you're not one of those volunteers that Go, goes, does their stint and leaves. You continue <laughs> with our organization. You have been part of this massive merger that we've had. Mm -hmm. You're a board member. I am. We so appreciate your volunteer service in the field and on our board. Thank you. Because that must have been a very challenging time when QSO and VSO were merging to be part of the VSO International Federation. Yes. It was, but I'm a huge fan of VSO's value base, right? And mm. also now of QSO's, which, and merged together the two organizations really, I feel like, can fulfill their potential. Um, the whole process was a huge learning experience for me. I am and remain the youngest board member. And uh, it's been exciting for me to feel like I'm around people who exhibit such a superior form of leadership. No. To me, that reflects a lot of what we see on the ground with our partners, you know. So it's it's nice to know, as a volunteer, you get very attached to what you see on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And you, uh, I'm sure you're aware, but as a volunteer, you often feel disempowered. Like, will this huge machinery called VSO ever take my voice into account? Yes. And it's been interesting for me to be part of the governance of the organization and realize that not only is that important, but it's solicited, it's thought of, it's reflected upon, you know. It's, it's important. It's very important. I find that a lot of our alumni go out into the field and um, become very tied to the partner in the field. And when they come home, uh, often they continue that relationship, which is fantastic, but o often don't remember that it's this organization called QSO VSO that has to fundraise, that uh, has to have uh, matching funding. Uh, our C wonderful Canadian government, CEDA, helps us out, but, uh, and we, but we have to have matching funds. Yeah. And I find often their allegiance moves to 
the um, to the partner organization. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of really refreshing to see you stay with our organization so that we can send more volunteers into the field. Yeah, but I also think there's organizational responsibility there. And I think I'm excited that VSO has been going through this process as interesting as that process has been of this strategic review and thinking about how best to work with volunteers because for a long time, I think VSO alone didn't have the resources mm. to fully engage return volunteers. No, they did not. Um, and that's been one of the things that I've been critical of because I think volunteers, when they come back, feel if they've had a positive experience in the field, they are thrilled and ready to get engaged. But you have to give them meaningful ways, not just a menu of choices. Right. In my case, I was very fortunate. I was offered a position on the board. That you, it can get more meaningful than that. I was asked if I'd like to contribute in that mm -hmm. way, and that aligned well with my skills. Yes. So it wasn't just, can you host a house party for it, which I'd be happy to do. Yes. But it was much more than that. It was also taking into account who I am as a person, you know, and that meant a lot to me. So of course I'm going to be engaged, and of course I'm going to continue to extend myself and mm -hmm. mobilize resources and people wherever I can for so but I don't think everybody else gets that opportunity no, they don't. and so and I know it's a hard thing to do because to do that you need people yes yeah, people so, like you <laughs> well the lucky part about the QSO part was that with our wonderful CEDA funding mm -hmm. we have public engagement offices not many but four and uh, and my territory for example is humongous and I <laughs> it's like half the world <laughs> But I have this. Uh, I've been I've been going to see volunteers in the field, and we're preparing for our fiftieth anniversary. So that's coming in twenty eleven, and I'm finding yes. our our original volunteers from nineteen sixty one. If you met those people, you would sit there in that room and feel like they were somebody whose footsteps you wanted to mm. follow. And uh, I'm so happy to have met so many people like you and you know you being one of our youngest board members I think inspire the board to remember the younger part of the community um, that uh, can continue to volunteer and go overseas and now ladies and gentlemen we're opening an office in San Francisco Yay! <laughs> and I think you've been pulling for this have you I have I've been very um, excited to advocate for this because uh, for in our own example, and Don in my example, when we were ready to go volunteer abroad, there were no American options. I'm Indian by nationality. I have a U.S. green card, um, and so I don't qualify for Peace Corps. I don't qualify for a lot of other sort of U.S. government-sponsored volunteering opportunities. I was for far along enough in my career where I didn't feel like I was going to pay to volunteer. Yes. I obviously felt like that didn't make sense to me. And then for both of us as a couple, there just weren't that many options. So VSO was the only option. And for, I've remained a huge fan of VSO's selection process. I oh, think good. it's exemplary. Um, and I think that this combined strength of the QSO processes and VSO processes means that volunteers are actually active agents, right? Which is not a way that very many development organizations look at volunteers mm. um, and, and certainly don't invest the resources and the time to train and prepare 
uh, a volunteer to do effective work. Uh, so everything I learned from our initial assessment through the selection process, through the trainings, the, all of those tools are still coming in handy for me. And I'm using them actively in my career. And I felt like, um, yeah, it's very important that Americans have an option that is progressive, mm -hmm. <laughs> that actually appeals to people who have some experience, who are wanting a equitable relationship with a grassroots partner. Mm -hmm. um, and there aren't any. And I'm, I can't say I've done an extensive market research, but I, I've done enough research and I'm in the community of international development practitioners enough to realize that this could be a huge success if we do this right. And I'm excited the way that QSOVS is going about exploring op opportunities and funding and incrementally building this, because it's great. Can't wait to meet you when you're 60. <laughs> <laughs> you're, if you're so amazing now, you're going to be even more amazing <laughs> later. So I And I hope more glamorous. Oh, you are. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll show you a picture, people. <laughs> so thank you, Vinny. My pleasure. I know that's your nickname. Yes. Uh, but thank you very much for your service on the board, for your service overseas, and for your continued service, hopefully, in San Francisco as we move along be my pleasure. All right. Yay. Thank you. Yay.